Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to a brand new year. Rugby swag is here. Welcome to the show where we speak to people about the opportunities they have found, created, and taken advantage of via rugby as well as everything that's going on around it to create the culture of rugby. My name is Gift Gift Tayama Bailu, and please, let's hit that intro. I think the minute I stepped on our practice field for rugby, the calling happened. An eight-year plan to be on the team. And I was in it within two years. Don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro. Right? And I walk around with a rugby ball sometimes and they're like, what is this child on? It looks like it was a heavy yeah. It's up. It's not up. You know, that's the first time I played like professional. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? And there's two Scottish guys and they said, oh, you're, um, you're here for the movie. That rugby is a game for all shapes and sizes, all cultural um, aspects. He looked at me and he says, you guys are awesome. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you had a great New Year's, uh, I hope you were able to celebrate with 2023. It's, it's, it's just new opportunities going through. I mean, like, wh what can I say? Uh, uh, we got Rugby World Cup. Uh, for me, you know, HBC Rugby Classic. New opportunities going through. New news. Uh, it looks like we're getting a rewash of things happening in USA Rugby. We got signings happening overseas. Uh, we got... Issues when it comes to uh, uh, tech, and these relate to how we do rugby business out here. And of course, uh, you know, just 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 a lot happening in the sports world. So I don't want to. No, I absolutely want to take your guys' time. But before we go ahead and get started, please, I just want to remind you to please subscribe to the YouTube page at Gift Time Rugby. And subscribe to the podcast on any streaming network, Rugby Swag Show, you guys, so we can continue to get you listening. You know exactly when things are going on. And if you can, hit those that notification button so you guys know exactly whenever we post. We are going to be working our butts off. And by we, I mean me, going to be working our butts off to be able to get more content and provide more information and be very, very, very direct. I am hyped about this year i i feel like this is the year that 2020 was supposed to feel like like before covid you know scaled itself up <laughs> like this is the year where everyone was like remember the roaring 20s are coming through we're back to the roaring 20s well no now now we're really back to the roaring 20s and i think 2023 is going to have all the feel though though I'm not super stoked about everything that's happening, but I, I do like I do like the the process. So, without further ado, let's get this thing started off. First thing on the news today, I think it's the biggest one uh, here, especially here in the U.S. Rob Kane uh, of the USA Women's 15s team stepped down. Stepped down. Now, I, I don't think that it's something that is super surprising because of the fact that there was a lot of talks, especially after the Rugby World Cup recently. And then uh, I think whenever Goff put out the article shortly after the lack of qualification for the men, it was a big question of what is going to be the direction of USA Rugby in this next phase now that we're no longer Rugby World qualified for the men's side. And... For what it's worth, was kind of a kind of a failure for the women's side, especially in comparison to what you got in 2017. Uh, for the women's side, only winning two games, 
uh, to, to in the Rugby World Cup. So there was a lot of questions to be had. And in, it's a lot, a little bit sad because of the fact that Rob Kane came in with such a fair, like such big fanfare relative to how it is with rugby because of success he had in South Africa. And, you know, he had been known for being a winner. And for what it's worth, I think he showed that he could win uh, definitely, again, in, in some of the in some individual stages, um, but it just wasn't enough, especially considering the amount of talent that we had on the women's side. Now, I've heard nothing but good things about him. I don't think there's a situation of him being an asshole but, or, or being wronged or, or people really having complaints. I know there was a lot in the past uh, of other coaches, but I hadn't heard anything about Rob Kane. If something did, yo, please let me know. I will retract and I don't know. It's it's still all rumor mill if, if that's the case. But for me, I, I had not heard anything. But, you know, we're at this point where we have to figure out this crossroads. And in this crossroads, it adds another little extra point in there. Now, this one I'm going to throw into the rumor mill and, uh, uh, and, and a little bit of disdain. Now, obviously, 2033, 2031, Rugby World Cup's coming in. And the rise of world rugby, well, not the rise, but the influence of world rugby uh, might be rearing its uh, little head. And there is a rumor that's going around that world rugby said, hey, all right, we're, we're about to kick in. We have now begun the investment into the Rugby World Cup in 2031 here in the U.S. And we don't want this to be messed up. So we're about to come in. And uh, clean house and make sure we implement a system that works, which if the rumors of that are true, and I, I can't say a source, I heard it from a little birdie, a vine, a, a, a piece of grapefruit, and you know, whatever the colloquialism is. Um, but if World Rugby is coming in to influence systems and actions, uh, I'm a little nervous about that. You know, I, I think if you've heard me the last few months... I'm not the biggest fan of world rugby's style of influencing direction. Uh, sometimes you're a little two-handed. I remember talking to a friend about this, and this is going to sound a little controversial, but to me it sounds almost similar to when the U.S. entered Afghanistan to give democracy or entered into Iraq to provide democracy. Um, it, it's overlaid. It's, it's a concept that... In public, sounds good. Hey, we're coming in to help USA Rugby. You know, they're a mess. You know, they're broke. They're whatever. But we're really just going to try and uh, place our own influence on how we foresee things to be done. And it's funny. Pat Clifton put out this three-part article through uh, uh, Rugby Morning, my guy John's channel, his newsletter, I would suggest go checking out that article if you hadn't had a chance. It's actually pretty good. Uh, some solid knowledge if you definitely aren't into no and uh, some good positioning on 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 where rugby in the U.S. needs to stand. But for me, for me, it was it reiterated a factor of the influence of world rugby. And 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 we're talking the reason my issue comes in because I know a lot of people will say. Hey, you know, World Rugby tries to help. They provide grants. They should, you know, kind of see their investment, see what grows through their investment, uh, if you want to call it that. Uh, but the problem is, historically, 
World Rugby or the International Rugby Board prior to have been literally the hands reason why a lot of these unions don't grow or hands reason why um, a lot of the resources are limited <laughs> in the unions themselves. Like it, it's a problem in and of itself. It's, it is a massive level of ownership trying to be had. Even the issue with USA rugby is a problem based off of the RFU and world rugby coming together to create rim with USA rugby, which is what ultimately was part of the reason that bankrupted the USA rugby after 2018. So, to have World Rugby kind of be like, all right, we're going to come in, allegedly, allegedly, nothing has been set in stone, but allegedly, I wouldn't be surprised, come in to be like, all right, we're going to make sure that you guys ship up and shape, shape up and ship out, you know, correctly and, and get your rugby together in the, the country. That's wild. It's wild. Like, it is, it is, it is almost reminiscent of colonialism. It's, it's like the British, the Brits are coming back at us again. They're like, hey, yo. Hey, yo, all right, we, you, you might have gotten independence in, in 1776. You know, we might have lost the War of 1812. But, oh, 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 we're going to come back. We're going to get our hands back in here. And the U.S. will recognize us as a colony. I wonder if that's why European, European uh, appraisement has been going higher. Mm, conspiracy. Think about it. <laughs> yo, no, but... Seriously, though, I, I, I do worry about World Rugby doing it because I don't think they actually have an understanding of American uh, American stylization, uh, American, one, culture, American media. I think there's the surface, but uh, American media, I'm pretty sure that they have people, uh, you know, who are uh, maybe agencies here in the States that they're probably going to use as um, – use as reference points and consult consultations, but I still don't necessarily think that they're actually going to understand even within the rugby scope, just how uh, broad it is. And I'll bear this through day in and day out. It is something that is just concerning to me. So this in connection with Rob Kane, which I, I don't think anybody really is too surprised. Uh, he, he made a really great tweet about the announcement, so I thought it was really sweet too, and I, I, you know, I feel for the women who have coached underneath him and that you know love him. Uh, you know, I, I'm hoping that we find a coach, but more importantly, a system that will allow them to be able to be far more sustainable and as well way more um, stable and consistent and and developing in their in the rugby and performances that had to be made. But I don't want world rugby out in here. All right. So I kind of put two parts. I don't want world rugby in U.S. Uh, you know, and we we can talk about media rights. I actually put this on my TikTok at Gift Time Rugby. But the media rights situation is part of the reason why I also make it makes me nervous about world rugby putting too much of a hand in USA rugby. It's almost like. They created a problem to create. The, they're a pharmaceutical company. They created the problem to be able to solve the problem. And now we're kind of stuck. You know, we're going to see them try and be like, oh, we're going to be more academies ah, after universities, even though that's the culture of the U.S. You know, I, I always find it weird that Brett Gosmer decided to go over to who was a former uh, CEO for World Rugby, decided to go over to NFL uh, Europe division and take over. It's connected. It's all connected, people. 
It's all connected. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, all in all, you know, uh, you know, best wishes to Rob Kane. A great tenure that he had, uh, a good tenure that he had, and I, I think we saw a lot of development, especially in the women's game under his regime. And I hope that we continue to see it grow some more. And I'm very interested to see how much more of the USA Rugby community uh, uh, administrative change is going to happen because uh, now we have an extra, you know, five years before the next Rugby World Cup and obviously eight years until the men's and, uh, you know, ten until the women's. So this is going to be a wild one. This is going to be this is going to be a wild one. Hey, guys. I just want to take a quick moment to talk to you about the Rugby Outlet Mall. Now, I know you guys have heard me talk about this many times in the show before, typically in the intro, but I wanted to really make sure to get your focus on it because the Rugby Outlet Mall is not just the commerce hub for Gift Time Rugby, but it is an area where we want to be able to create the movement and the symbolic elements that add to the movement. The Rugby Outlet Mall is here so that we can have something that not just to have for the field, but more importantly to be able to have as a regular lifestyle. Because as you know, rugby is not just a sport. It's a whole way of life. It is a movement. And we have everything moving from cultural to your pop culture items like our Rugby Zon shirts or and sweaters, uh, sweaters as well as representing for the culture as we continue to develop the HBCU Rugby Classic and we want to continue to support these things because it only grows the sport overall. We are continually growing to be able to make sure that we are connecting with you on a personal level as well as a rugby level. And for you guys that are listening to the podcast and listening to this show, want to let you know that you are going to get 20% off all gear that is under the category of Gift Time Rugby Network and the HBCU Rugby Classic. That is basically the entire store. And all you need to use is promo code GROWRUGBY, G-R-E-A-U-X RUGBY. And with that, you guys will get 20% off any clothing that is in the store as of right now and of course we're always building up more and more each time but we want to make sure that you are able to symbolize your rugby faithfulness to the rest of the world and let them know that there is an opportunity to be able to develop to grow and to get better each and every time in this sport so guys i hope you guys check it out Definitely go, and you guys can go to www.rugbyoutletmall.com. That is rugbyoutletmall.com. Guys, you're not going to want to miss one bit of this. Now, let's get back to it. Speaking of world rugby, they decided to uh, put out a little bit of an announcement that they're going to be making some new changes to the game. Going to make some new changes to the game out here. And the changes are going to be basically we're going to try and speed up the in-game process uh, so that it can make it more entertaining and appable for the fans. Now, there's something that's really interesting to me about this. Um, you know, I, I, let me let me kind of go into a few of the uh, the things that they're going to be changing uh, this year to make it more palatable for fans. Even though, as I know, they're doing it because they are uh, worrying about. The competition with Rugby League, Australia is losing big 
to rugby league. Uh, like rugby union in Australia is losing big to rugby league. And I, if you don't guys, if you don't remember, after 2020, 2021, Australia actually need to take a 400 and like 40 million dollar um, bailout plan. Y'all, my bad. It was only 27.5 million. Still a lot, but it, not 440 million. I just wanted to make sure that was corrected. Basically, to just save the union because it was in so much debt and it was so heavily about to shut down after the pandemic because they're sticking, they're held together with spit and band aids. Um, but rugby league and Australian football are like the biggest hitters in Australia right now. And I think you're starting to see a little bit of a creep here in the U.S. I feel like you're starting to see uh, much more of a crossover of people doing rugby union and rugby league. Rugby union has the brand. It has the brand. Um, and the brand stands strong. But when you have a lot of poor decisions, the brand is getting weak. It's getting weaker, you know. And big changes need to be made. And I think rugby league is starting to see a little bit more of a populist rise, uh, like really similar to soccer after the World Cup in the U.S. And everybody, I know the World Cup was a bit, very big catalyst for it, but I think it's in that area where it's like, okay, we're existing. You know, this is might be more palatable for crossover athletes. This is better for, for former football players. Like... These are where we get the U.S. market and start building up the U, building up our our, our uh, market share. And if we can win the U.S., hey, the rest of the world will follow. And regardless, irregardless of whether people want to believe it or not, like it's 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 something that that I think they're now really really worried about. So they're just like, okay, yo, bet. Here's what we're gonna do. All right, one of them is uh, we're gonna. Make the kick time. It's going to be 90 seconds. You got 90 seconds from the score to get into position to kick the ball. All right? So them dudes, even that's going to change out how um, you, you, you're able to recharge your energy. Because a lot of times those kicks, not only is it about uh, eating a little bit of clock, but it's also about catching your breath, especially if you're the scorer and a kicker like a lot of fullbacks often are, a lot of fly halves often are. This is going to be one where it's like you scored and then you got to run back and you got to do a quick set. So the quick rapid, I actually don't mind this rule. Uh, even the penalty kicks, penalty kicks are got to take 60 seconds. This is one that's going to mess up a lot of people because this is one that is, again, a clock eater. We're trying to eat the clock. Um, there's the uh, teams forming the line out without delay, which means, again, clock eaters where you're just holding, holding, holding. Uh, actually, these rules, I don't mind. I actually don't mind some of these. Ones that I'm eh, it, I'm not so big on is like fewer water carrier interventions. So uh, basically, uh, they're reducing the amount of times that there can be a water break, which makes sense in Europe. But uh, if they go into these kind of hotter countries, like if you go down to Australia or South Africa in uh, November, December, November, December, January, February, where that's usually just about test match time. I mean, yo, it's hot. It's hot, hot there. Yo, you need these water breaks. Like in Europe, of course, yeah, during freaking Six Nations, that's in what, February uh, or February and March for men and women, respectively. Like that's still their cold time. Like, uh, uh, you know, springtime for that, like, I, I don't I'm not a big fan of that one. Like I understand to limit it in terms of 
commercial of uh, creating delays or having injuries or prolonging something because of the water break. But you should be able to get what is necessary. You should get what's necessary and catch it by what the field judge is providing and what is being requested and not off of some arbitrary rule uh, on that. Um, you can uh, I love penalizing negative player actions, um, holding players, stuff like that. That one, you know, part of the game, but I look at that in the same guys as flopping. Um, you know, it's just it, sometimes it's just unnecessary. Um, I'm glad they are uh, – well, no. They're going to be penalizing more players with hands on the floor to support their body weight. <sighs> Look, I get some level of dangerous play, and I'm, I'm hoping to some extent this is a dangerous play um, ma- maintenance of, of staying on the feet. But, yo, the game is faster. Like, you're literally speeding up the game. That means there's more momentum happening. I know there's control, but, yo, there's more momentum happening. And there's a whole bunch of these. But it's just like I get it. But I also never felt like the issue of rugby has been what is on the field. You know, it's it, again, this is, this, ah, man, I got to stop being like anti-world rugby because it's really starting to become anti. I, I do think they have a purpose. I just don't think that they're very good at necessarily uh, leveraging what their strengths actually are and really over-leverage their weaknesses. But in, in this situation is, is the weakness in you're not creating the element or you're not you're not um, promoting the element that needs help, which is the actual storytelling. And it's ironic, you guys, just let you know, I'm dropping two um, movie reviews uh, over the course of this next week. Uh, no Woman, No Try, um, and then Everybody's Game, which basically speaks to this uh, as a whole. And, uh, I'll, you know, check that out whenever you have a, a chance to, uh, you know, Get the review and watch them out. But it's basically like, yo, you're not doing enough to either focus on the personalization of the players and create actual stars because of maintaining the traditional values of what rugby is supposed to emblemate, which the two don't actually have to be in contrast. But then the other thing is like creating the storylines behind them. Why are other sports like soccer, basketball, um, American football – are able to create such dynamic engagement with their audience is because they spend relentlessly on storytelling. Relentlessly. I mean, it's storytelling in the off-season. It's storytelling in-season. It's storytelling in the game. It's storytelling before the game. It's storytelling after the game. It's breakdown from all these individual sources. It is simply like a. It, we're watching a constant reality show and now we're just coming to it, which kind of starts to piss me off. This is going to be a gripe. I'll talk about it at the end, but with USA Rugby, it should have been the first header on this. But it's it's part of the reason that it people don't have the engagement because you haven't created the buildup. You just talk about the traditional stuff. Well, this stat and that stat and this player in terms of this team and then even the contracts and, and – and, and, and players re-signing and going to hear, like, these are things that add to the value of what the story is to make it more dynamic. There's, there's a reason why in American football we know the salaries of players. It's not because it's publicly traded companies. Like, we actually have no reasons. These are, the individual teams are private organizations, even if the NFL as an uh, organization is a um, public organization. Uh, and then obviously other than the Green Bay Packers. But 
These are private organizations. You don't have to tell player salary. But why do you tell player salaries? Is because it adds another dynamic and stake into how they play and to what we perceive as their value for the team. For world rugby, as you continue to try and become this media hub and 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 attempt to be a better marketing machine, which again you really shouldn't be going there, but do that, you need to promote the idea of being better storytellers. The in-game stuff solves itself. More athletes, more engagement. Uh, we don't want different people. A little bit of show of parody with at least one big monster to uh, always have to slay to justify and power gauge. Like, I'm talking like this is an anime, and that's what's basically happening. So whenever you're talking about, like, making changes in the game itself, I, I don't – I mean, these are minute things. Like, people care, but the only reason people care is because there was not enough buildup to why the individual game needed to matter. Uh, like, this is – come on. Come on, man! Come on, man! <laughs> but I, I'm interested. I'll we'll see how this end up playing out. I mean, you know, Rugby World Cup is going to be the highlight of 2023. Rugby World Cup 2023 going to be the highlight for how these um, games are going to end up playing themselves out. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens from there. Hey everybody, this is just the break train sitting out a personal little video diary to all you people out there where I am going to document me riding most of the way between Singapore and Tokyo for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. I needed help and it came from Louisiana. We in Singapore, baby! Gift from Gift Time Rugby USA is an extroverted tour de force. But what unites us is a hunger for adventure. Off to KL, Kuala Lumpur. Gift, where are we? We're in Phoenix! Oh, baby! Our love of Asian rugby culture. One, two, three, center! is starting to develop here in Cambodia for women as well. Valkyries, the mighty, mighty Valkyries! We're out here, we're running out of energy, we're running out of money, and we're feeling isolated. And yet at that critical moment, friends, family, sometimes complete strangers, come on board. Before you know it, we're back in the game. Tokyo, here we come! Malaysia. Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. Watch the full adventure at crugby.vhx.tv. That's C like S-E-E rugby.vhx.tv. And we're back. So now I want to talk to you guys about now why when I talk about storytelling. And this is very interesting because of the fact that this has to do with Rock Nation. And it, it's... In reality, it's not really that big a news, but it is the right step into how you create it into a big deal. So, if you guys didn't know, uh, Saya Khaleesi, who is the captain for the Springboks, uh, former Shark, uh, he is the MV, the player of the match for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. 
Uh, he signed with Rock Nation in 2019 after the Rugby World Cup, and who have a roster of South Africans, uh, a couple New Zealands, and a handful of English players on their roster for rugby. Um, and he's going to France to Racing 92. You know, right? He's he's going to Racing 92 in France to play for them. Eh. But this is important. This is very, very important. This has been made into actual news. This is very, very big news. And I think maybe, I mean, I, as for South African people, him leaving South Africa to go to Europe is something. But, I mean, also South Africa plays in the United Rugby Championships. So, you know, he, they would be playing against French teams and anything. So, hometown here and I guess to, to the fans there. But in terms of a global news, it's not really a big deal. But in terms of why it's a global news is exactly what it is. And it speaks to what I was just talking about before, storytelling. Now, you ask, why is it important with Saisi? Uh, with Saya, is because he's with Rock Nation. This is Rock Nation all over. You know the other reason why is because he has a documentary coming out uh, on, uh, I believe Hulu, if I remember correctly. It's either documentary or book uh, that's coming out, and it's it's a documentary. And this is their way of setting up the promotion for that. All right. So they've opened up the top of the funnel, Saya. Captain for the spring box is moving to France where they make way more money and the leagues spend like water, like water is draining out of a sink. Like it is a nothing process for them, but he's moving over. And what they're doing is creating the element into change where it's like, okay, why is this a big deal? Now you're curious, like what, what do I need to know? And to make the move even more impactful, it's we want to get to know Saya more. Yeah, let's. Oh, now we get this documentary that we get to know. So now we're putting stakes into how he plays. We haven't even talked about what he's getting paid. I don't even know if he's getting major more, uh, much more money than he would have at the Sharks. I'm, I'm assuming he will. I mean, just the exchange rate alone would probably make, earn him more money. And again, racing is a big money place, but we don't even know how much he's going to be making, which would add another level of stakes to this. I love the fact that this is showing what the impact is. And they're also. The other thing is Rock Nation is also an influencer and consultant for the United Rugby Championships, which involves, obviously, South Africa, involves uh, the, um, um, uh, the, the, the French League, and involves uh, the Premier League 15s uh, for the men. So they're really up promoting themselves in terms of getting more eyes into that actual competition. It is layers to it. That is how it's done, but it's not. I. It's not surprising. It's an American company. It's an American company who understands sports entertainment in its true value and not in its traditional value. It's entertainment than actual sports. It should be entertainment sports and sports entertainment. But if we said entertainment sports, we're thinking more of like movies and actors and celebrities and reality stars. Which uh, professional athletes are reality stars, but. You know, we're talking more in, in that element than it is in sports. So we'll say sports entertainment. But this is what we actually have to keep doing. Like, I, I do appreciate that the MLR creates at least uh, knowledge of people who are getting signed and moving and stuff like that. Uh, but they're still working on building the story because it's not really stakes. Uh, we're still trying to figure out exactly what is the significance of the change because we don't have enough people who are, like, really rooted in a team. I think we've seen so much movement just because pay and, you know, it's still a growing league and whatnot like that. 
So we, we don't have it. But it's what adds to that element. We need to see that as consumers to be able to be like, okay, this is their value. This is what this guy is supposed to bring. Let me see if this value is going to match to what his play is on the field and and subsequently uh, what we perceive as the value of that team moving forward and our chances to see a championship and our chances to be able to understand if they're going to you know be worth it overall is there are they a favorite is this a game changer this is what makes it interesting and now you're like okay now i need to go find this game i need to go find this game another thing that was talked about in uh no woman no try which uh you know again you can look for the uh review uh it's gonna be on uh rugby swag podcast and of course on gift time rugby network youtube channel definitely get ready to check this thing out but i am legitimately impressed uh, by it, but I'm also mad jealous because I, you guys know if you've been listening, I'm trying to be one of the biggest rugby promoters and marketers in the U.S., let alone in the world. And uh, yo, they're using basically everything that we've been saying for like the last ten years, uh, last five years, six years, and you know now blueprinting it. Um, so yeah, yeah, the, the race is on. That's just an aside. My competitive edge. I, it's it's the ramble. But back to the point. Love what is being done. Love that Rock Nation is taking a hand on this. And it is showing exactly why I say World Rugby needs to kind of step aside from trying to be a marketer promoter and just be a stabilizing force. You can get a percentage. Be a manager. You can be get a percentage of the cost, but don't you not actually like running the show. You just need to find the people who properly run the show. And you're trying to run the show too much. But kudos. Y'all, I forgot to tell you. This year, 2023, is my 10-year bloody anniversary of doing rugby media. Gift Time Rugby started 10 years ago, technically February 14th. 2013, uh, but this whole year we're celebrating, all right? And I've seen, you know, people do, I'm celebrating a month whenever their birthday is obviously just one day. Well, we're celebrating the whole bloody year. So I want you guys to know that I want you guys to be signed up onto my email list because I'm going to be giving some ish out. We are doing it big this year. This is a turnover year. I want you to get on. So whether you are getting on gifttimerugby.com uh, uh, slash newsletter and jumping on to the, our newsletter there or jump on to the hbcrugbyclassic.com slash newsletter, this is where we're going to be learning about people that are in the game, uh, a little bit more in depth about the players, more gifts that are, no pun intended, for our events and tournaments and let you know about what we can offer you more and more as we continue to build and grow. But this is a big time year. I want you to be able to benefit from my celebration of this amazing, um, this amazing uh, accomplishment or what? Memorialization accomplishment from this amazing momentous moment. What does it say? From this amazing accomplishment. I, I, I'm excited for it. So I just didn't want you guys to forget. But please go ahead. Go check out gifttimerugby.com slash newsletter. hbcurugbyclassic.com slash newsletter. Sign up. Yo, I want to make sure that you guys are going to be getting something very special moving forward from there. Next on the list, though, I want to talk about what happened in American football this past weekend. Uh, this is with DeMar Hamlin. If you don't know, DeMar Hamlin is a uh, Buffalo Bill, an NFL player. He is a safety for the NFL. Uh, and uh, 
this week in the form of making a tackle against Cleveland, the, uh, I'm sorry, against the Bengals, he suffered a cardiac arrest. And what it means, he basically he had a heart attack and was and this is kind of just shook the world because despite all the stuff that we talk about CTE and 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 on-field injuries and what happened after the game, you've never actually seen somebody on the edge of death. We've seen big injuries, broken legs, shattered knees, uh, broken torsos, you know, mutilations, which can still be alive, but you've never seen someone potentially die, potentially could have died right there on the field. And, and it speaks to the aggressiveness uh, of, of the game of American football. But this is where it comes into us as rugby people. Like, this is us, too. And one of the worst things that we've perpetuated is the myth that rugby is inherently safer than uh, American football, which it's not. We saw this. We've talked about this over the course of the last two years and the rise of uh, CTE cases and more diagnosis within rugby. Now, the difference might be how we tackle and some of the nuances of what we do to create uh, a better safety mechanism for unprotected bodies. We don't have natural weapons on our head like they do with helmets or pads. But at the same time, the effects are still very, very similar. CTE is still increasingly high in rugby. Um, in Premier League, we don't have – there's not, or, or, or at least in – International. Let me not talk about Premier League because I don't know England super well. But in, in terms of international play, uh, you know, healthcare is still a very eh thing when it comes to the player uh, uh, health and benefit. And I think it's really important that for rugby to continue to have a dig into the uh, culture of sports globally as well as within the individual countries, it's so important that we are progressive on this. Now, we're not going to be reducing the maybe the amount of hits or even the the strength of the hit. That's part of the, you know, it's part of playing the game. It's part of the fun and the uh, drawbacks of the game, depending on who's the receiver and who's the giver. But we can be more aware on how we take care of our health during, before, and after, um, a, we can be more aware on the benefits that need to be had for high-end players and finding ways to put that not just into their compensation, but to make sure that they have these things set into retirement. Uh, and, 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 and it also makes it important as to why we need to be better in developing our, our ecosystem for rugby so that we are able to uh, have these mechanisms put in place. I understand, like, Places like Europe, they have universal health care of, of a sort. You know, Canada has of a sort. But even in that, you know, you're still going to be limited by numbers. You're still going to be limited by uh, certain levels of resources available for these uh, doctors and players. And in some way, there's always a big push and a pull on all of it. But it's just we need to make sure that we don't step into that range where we go, huh, you see American football? <laughs> At least we're better than that. It's like, no, no, it's not. But we can be better in how we handle it overall. So that's my PSA, honestly. Yeah, the DeMar Hamlin situation was something that's very crucial, and I'm, I'm glad that he's getting stable, even though he's still in critical condition. Um, I actually don't blame American football on this. If it, you had cardiac arrest, that means it's an already inherent thing that, that was existing. It just happened on the field. So for me, it's not a blame on the sport. There's, there's a lot of other things that you can talk about on the sports, but it's, you know, 
a lot of things happen in that range. But for me, it's it's important that we're able to not create a sheltering or a bubble around rugby to make it impervious to stuff because of the fact that we have this insecurity of how the game is already being perceived and it's going to hinder more people from wanting to be a part of it. No, the hindrance is always going to be on not being transparent, not being honest, and also trying to um, be as uh, as Ellis Ganji said in everybody's game, in the, in the documentary Everybody's Game, posh. Every Trying to be posh with our rugby and, and making it just not something to uh, strive for. So just know. Let's all make this work. Let's all make this work. I don't have great endings as I continue. I got to work on my transitions. <laughs> Yo, lastly, I wanted to talk about two things that were uh, not necessarily rugby related, but they're going to be rugby. Uh, they're rugby impacted. They're Im- rugby Im- is impacted by these. Uh, the first one was about Meta. Meta, the company that owns Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp. Um, uh, yeah. They're facing a $400 million penalty for uh, the way that their ad targeting method works. So basically, it, this is happening in the European Union. Uh, basically, it's a it's a privacy law take, not allowing people to choose whether or not or how they want to be targeted by ads. Um, as a, as a marketer, uh, this sucks. Like that sucks. I, a lot of people don't realize that Facebook had one of the best all time advertising distribution systems ever, ever. It was incredible. You could get to people with ease and cheaply. It sucked in terms of like small market, uh, advertising initially, uh, obviously, influencer marketing and, and, and creating audiences now have a different effect and appeal. But the ads was like a cheat code to being able to get out to the broadest audience and, and to audiences that actually uh, want what you have. Why does this affect <laughs> rugby? Well, because this was we needed to start making sure that we are promoting and utilizing these paid medias. People like the result out and and it's very old school believing that TV is the way. Um, but we know that social media is literally the number one marketing system that we have in the world. Always the broadest reach. TV is a distant number two. Um, but doing the paid medias. It's a cheat code for promoting your matches. It's a cheat code for recruiting. It's a cheat code for promoting a merchandise. Uh, it is a cheat code for creating uh, attention that you would have to hope the algorithm pushed out for you to, to make happen. But it's important now that the other reason why it's important is because now with the reduction of these, of course, you still have Google ads and, and TikTok ads are starting to pick up. LinkedIn ads are starting to pick up. But the impact of being an advertising uh, carrier, uh, an influencing advertising carrier for companies in real life action stuff is higher. What does that mean? The games you play can have more significance. This is the value that you play. Um, the players that you have have more significance. How you stream your game has more significance. How many people you can get inside or watching your games has more significance. Uh, it is a total, it's a total 
adjustment to the mentality that one can feel, especially at grassroots levels of rugby, where how do you uh, create resources for your your organization uh, if you don't know exactly what you need to offer. And there, there's a whole thing, yo. Uh, we're we're going to put something up on the GiftTimeMedia.com page talking about this. Uh, and and uh, you can check out uh, Citizen Sports uh, for that as well, too. But um, you need to know how to be able to perceive your value. And these are things that can help now create a little bit of an ease to uh, developing that value because this is harder and more expensive now. Uh, and less guaranteed on where the marketing is going to go. So if the budget's already going to be there for it, you may as well be able to be a service for your local uh, businesses and whatnot. The second thing I wanted to talk about was what's going on with TikTok. So we all know TikTok and rugby have become very synonymous. Um, you know, we saw the rise of Ileona Mar. We're seeing more growth from from other players um you know obviously tiktok is a naming sponsor for the women's six nations uh and during the rugby world cup 2021 uh which happened in 2022 uh you know utilizing tiktok as a method of connecting teams to their audiences and trends and Stuff like that was used over and over. He, Premier, Premier Rugby Sevens did it. Um, MLR hasn't really done it so much. But it, it's 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 central staple of how we market in, in, in rugby. And a lot of that is just because of the way that the algorithm works. It's more easier to present to new audiences. So it has a greater reach, even if maybe the reach isn't always necessarily as great a commitment. Uh, but it has a greater reach. Um, but TikTok had actually put out some information about what they're looking for and what actually is going to stand strong over the course of this, what to expect for this year in content that makes it makes most sense. So they broke it down into three different versions of content. You have your moments, you have your signals, and you have your forces. Now your moments were creative prompts that quickly gain traction and buzz, which means popular TikTok sounds, hashtags, and formats that everyone is suddenly using. So basically how people have been using the uh, to follow. You have the black girl follow train. Uh, you have the corn kid. You have so many various sounds. I know Lizzo was huge in 2022 based off of viral sound and people just really using them in mass. TikTok says these are trends that have life cycles of days to weeks. Now, that's not something meaning that you don't use it. These are things that bring people in quick, that can get you into your followers, top of your funnel, you know, get these things into a position where it, uh, uh, you can, you know, start to train people into new content that you use. I, I, I use my uh, TikTok to try and get, I use my social media to try and get people either onto the podcast, get people into newsletters, which allows me to push for tickets, push for information, allow more uh, insight and and development into the engagement of who we are dealing with. So, you know, I always love the the people that are a part of the newsletters that I have and 
animals increasing more. But these are ones they say they last from days to weeks, which we understand because life changes and we forget uh, in a moment. Uh, signals are new content patterns that reveal emerging behaviors and interests. Uh, these are shifting behaviors within specific categories or verticals, practicing multidimensional wellness or celebrating smaller luxuries. So these are things that people are learning. So if you don't know, TikTok is trying to become more uh, search engine friendly. They're really trying to compete more with um, YouTube and Google than they are trying to compete with Instagram. And, and to some extent, some people would make the argument of competing against uh, a Netflix and other streaming services. What you want to try and do is create content that allows people to almost scale. It's almost like a, a learning scale. Hey, I just learned about this new way of throwing the ball that can increase distance. Or, um, hey, there is this new shoe that's going on that can help people with uh, maintaining uh, their foot stability so it prevents uh, Achilles injuries in rugby or you're able to grind, have a better grip whenever you're in the scrum or uh, uh, you can, it feels lighter but you have more uh, acceleration whenever you're out on the outside. Uh, it's just ideas like that. And these are ones that they say can move from months to years, mainly because of the fact that people are going to be constantly searching up for them. But it, it, they, the habits can change, but they still have core tenements that people who are uh, increasingly deliver, you know, learning more can take advantage of. So it speaks to what you're doing with your rugby programs, talking about what you're doing in your rugby programs, following the behind the scenes, uh, letting people understand better who you are. Uh, 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 not better just who you are, Better in what you do as a team, organization, individual players, etc. And then lastly, it's forces, uh, which is enduring large-scale behavioral transformations. This is major cultural shifts such as how communities are formed, where people discover new products, how creators wield influence, and more. And this is up to several years. So, uh, again, uh, I think one perfect example is the chat GPT element or... The how-tos, like these are the elements that um, uh, are like, okay, this can change the way that you are going to do your work. You know, um, these these make the difference in um, uh, how you can get more ticket sales. Uh, uh, just basically things that uh, have a the, your biggest picture elements and ironically the things that help you grow get to the lowest part of your funnel where you mechanize the most. Why is this all important for rugby is because how we promote and market and storytell and do all these things are going to be important through these elements and these algorithms and behaviors of the consumers and watchers are going to be even more important than ever in 2023. I mean, look, content is only increasing from this point. Of, there's not going to be a, it's going to be a long time before we get to a point where content distribution is going to drop. And even at that, if we get to that point, it just means we shifted into a different form. Content is one of the ultimate currencies to actually getting people to where we need to be. That is, I mean, that's, that's, that's human behavior in general. Um, we're just getting more and you have to break through the new noise more and you have to be able to attach and be able to bring engagement. Now it doesn't change the way it mean that you change who you are. Um, you know, outside of being, entertaining, educating, and uh, 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 influencing. 
outside of these elements, you know, everything is just like making sure you understand what is being needed. And this for TikTok, these things can still be actually used across YouTube, uh, uh, Instagram, Facebook Shorts, uh, Facebook Reels. I mean, um, YouTube Shorts, Snapchat, Be Real, uh, uh, Mastodon, Twitter. Like these things are still significant in terms of trying to build engagement and get in deeper with each crowd and, and, and with each generation and with each per point of the audience that you're trying to get to. But it's just good to know. You guys can actually check out the uh, uh, download the TikTok uh, 2023 trend report. Just go to ads.tiktok.com and uh, uh, you can find an article there. So just wanted to get you guys the information. I don't want you guys feeling like there is something that you don't have a hold on to. But really, I just want to make sure that you guys are good because this is how we grow the game, create the ecosystem, and be able to thrive the way that we're supposed to. But, y'all, that's all I got for you today. I hope that you enjoy it. Again, welcome into 2023. I'm excited to be able to be here with you. I'm excited about this year. Also, the 10-year anniversary. Also, really, 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 really want us to do some big things uh, as individual rugby play, uh, individual rugby organizations, the diversity of rugby, and the rise of uh, characters and personality in rugby. And that's going to start with you. And I'm I'm excited to be part of that element and and help bring it to you the best I can. And of course. Just to let you know, uh, we're going to get back to the regular schedule Tuesdays for the podcast. I'm going to be probably adding some new stuff, um, but I'll let you know over the course of the next uh, few weeks what we're going to be adding and putting in uh, during this time. But uh, we'll re re it's going to be back Tuesdays. Uh, and, and, you know, this is just because I miss y'all and I didn't want you to go a week without hearing me. <laughs> Until then, I hope that you are happy. I hope that you are healthy. And I hope that you know that you are highly, highly bloody favored. Until next time, cheers.